0: The Kansas Senate race gets underway, and we'll talk with an expert about what's going on with Mike Pompeo, Chris Kobach, Sue Weigel, Roger Marshall, and of course, Barb Bollier, and everything that's happening on the Democratic side, all next on Deep Background. (music) Greetings, you're on Deep Background for the 23rd of October. 2019 dave helling with the stars editorial board is always my friend and colleague uh, Leah Becerra joining us for the discussion and Jason Hancock from uh, Jefferson City and Columbia making a rare but important appearance (laughs) here on the podcast Jason great to see
1: you always a pleasure
0: Well, we want to talk a little bit about the Kansas side of the state line actually which is a bit a bit newsier politically than maybe Missouri uh, here in the last part of 2019. And that of course uh, involves the Senate race, which is uh, drawing some attention. I think just generally nationally, people still think it's a safe Republican seat, but it is open. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen very often anywhere, but certainly not in in Kansas. So give us your overview. We had um, t- two candidates on the Democratic side drop out in the last two weeks. Nancy Boyda and then uh, Barry Grissom, uh, Kathleen Sibelius yesterday endorsing Barboye who got into the race. It seems as if the Democrats, who at one point, Jason, were thinking about just giving a pass to this race, at least are willing to invest some energy in it. Is that your view?
1: No, I think that's fair. I think the Democrats are doing what the Republicans desperately want to do, which is they're solidifying behind a candidate in the hopes that they won't have an ugly primary. They can emerge from it unified and ready to march into fall. And um, the Republicans just can't seem to do that. Now, maybe the field will winnow a bit once people start seeing fundraising totals as we get a little bit closer. But uh, the Republican side is still looking like a scrum. And everyone's just sort of either expecting that to play out into you know the primary season next year, or for something dramatic to happen, like a Mike Pompeo to kind of parachute into the race and clear the field. Yeah, we'll come back to that. But
0: is Barb Bollier the candidate uh, uh, behind whom we can all unify as <laughs> Democrats? I mean, why did she rise to the top when, say, Barry Grissom didn't, or or Nancy Boyd Were they flawed? Was there? you know why this anointment
1: i think you have to look at the fact that she's former republican she uh switched over to which the would be a disqualifier
0: party. in a lot of democratic right, primaries right. But, but it seems not like here. That's,
1: that's the big selling point on this i think for a lot of people because kansas is considered a safe republican seat um depending on how the republican primary turns out maybe that's how it will play out but having someone that has the that the can kind of appeal to moderates those moderate Republicans who felt disaffected from the party during the Brownback era, they have someone now that they can look at in the Democratic primary field. The blessing of uh, Sibelius obviously is a big factor too. When when she weighed into the race, I think that pretty much stated like this is our candidate. And so It, that, it really
0: has the sniff too, doesn't it, Jason? Of an orchestrated effort. I mean, it, you know, Barry Grissom dropped out the day after. Mm-hmm she announced then you get the Sibelius endorsement uh boyda dropping out sometime i mean it seems as if the suggestion that chuck schumer was involved that this was all coordinated it didn't happen by accident
1: no no and i think you start to see the profile of a candidate shaping up like what was successful in 2018 a more moderate female candidate that can win in the kansas city suburbs and and not repel uh, Republican voters, the, the the Governor Kelly, you know, Sharice Davids, you know, that's sort of the candidate that Democrats across the country are looking for. But in Kansas specifically, in the hopes that they can sort of turn the tide in a receipt that what's it been like since the 30s, since yeah, the since Democrats the won that years. seat. So.
0: Now, let's stay on the Democratic side for a minute, Leah. Had you ever heard of Barboyer before her name surfaced in this context? Do you think most people know who she is?
2: Um, That's a hard question for me to answer because I'm living on the Missouri side. So first, and I'm not from the area either. So I think that... But you'd
0: heard of Chris Kobach, certainly.
2: Absolutely. And
0: Sue Weigel and Mike Pompeo. Those are all very, very familiar names.
2: Yes. As far as name recognition is concerned, she is... Her name does not hold as much weight as one of those does. Right. And
0: you don't see her... You know, she isn't out front of the Democratic parade in Kansas on issues. I mean, there's no sense that she is what Sibelius was, which was a statewide winner, someone who was easily recognized as the head of the party, Jason. You don't get any of that about Barboyer, do you? I mean, she's got work to do just to get to the starting line in a way.
1: I think that's fair. And I wonder how much of it is, we just have to have the most electable person in place for if and when Chris Kobach is the nominee, right. <laughs> because that's when the race, that's when the starting pistol really fires. If if he becomes the the Republican standard bearer, then I think all bets are off, and you know the the natural dynamic of a Kansas Senate race is no longer in play. Right. I did talk to a Democrat
0: who said exactly that: that we want to have someone there who's at least credible. If Kobach is the nominee, if 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 it's another, if someone else wins the nomination. Then I think the feeling is it's to the the bar is just so high for a Democrat, particularly I must say, on Senate seats, different from the governor's race. Mm-hmm. We kind of expect governors to do things and to be an administrator. Senators are bloviators basically, and that's why Republicans have done so well in some ways, because they are not held to any sort of performance standard. It's just who's next up on the list.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, the dynamic next year is still going to— I mean, we don't know what the dynamic's going to be because Donald Trump, theoretically, will be at the top of the ticket. Right. He right. will win Kansas, you know, going away. What sort of coattails will he have, you know, and how will the— Or anti-coattails. Or anti-coattails. And how will this impeachment drama play out? You know, if the Democrats, like you said, can rally behind someone that's not considered— a lefty that's not a Bernie or, a, or a Elizabeth Warren Democrat, somebody who can appeal to moderates and have that person in place, everyone's in line. Right. Then at least they have a puncher's chance in that race. Right,
0: because one of the things Boyer or whoever the Democratic nominee is will have to worry about is if Warren is at the top of the ticket or Bernie's at the top of the ticket. Do you want Medicare for all? Do you endorse right. this? I mean, that's the obvious line of attack against a quote-unquote moderate. A Democrat. Um, Leah, do you get the sense that people are even focused on this race yet? In, in ways that they might say, when Claire McCaskill ran in uh, 2018 against Josh Hawley, you really got the vibe pretty early on. It was—now, she was an incumbent, was a little different. but. I get the sense that we're still some time away from people really focusing on this contest.
2: Yeah, and if you look at the comment sections and our stories posted to the STARS Facebook page, you might agree with that, just because there's really not a whole lot of um, back and forth in those areas. And you see a few shares on posts, so people are probably interested in it and they're trying to, you know, eat their vegetables and read those stories right, right. but they're not there's no really strong opinions that I've seen at least and
0: that has to change too i mean that in some ways if this is to be a competitive race it'll have to be made a competitive race it's not that out of the box as you might expect in other mm-hmm. states well let's flip uh, jason to the republican side which you he suggest is a is a uh, messy field mm-hmm. of candidates Uh, I think we mentioned Chris Kobach, Sue Wagle, the president of the Senate, Uh, Roger Marshall, who's the big first congressman, is the favorite at this point. He's got a ton of money and relatively well-known, has a House career, and and, and is all in on the Senate race. David Lindstrom is also a Republican candidate. Uh, And those are sort of the four major ones. And then Pompeo, if he gets in or doesn't get in, and there are still rumors that other Republicans might be interested. Um, you, you you suggest that there's you know, there there's no way to clear the field. That's almost inevitable when you have an open Republican seat yeah. in Kansas, isn't it? I mean you're everybody sees himself or herself as a contender for this job.
1: Well yeah, once you get into the Senate you don't, unless you get elected president, you stick around for Forever. a generation. So you get a lot of politicians who are just sort of waiting in line. And this is, this is They're the music shocked. has stopped. There's a chair available. You either get it or you don't. So yeah, I do think the scrum is inevitable.
0: Yeah, so talk about uh, the appeal of the field, if you will. I mean, we always talk about Chris Kobach as one of the candidates. Uh, and he certainly has is extraordinarily well-known and very conservative. But I was looking at Dave Lindstrom's uh, Facebook page the other day, and Lindstrom is generally considered the moderate, he was on the Johnson County Commission for a time, played football for the Chiefs, And he, yeah, well, okay, a moderate candidate in this field. And if you look at his Facebook page, it's just blasting out socialist this, and <laughs> and liberal, you know, left-wing, radical that. I mean, it so you know it's all a matter of degree a little bit isn't it jason i mean these chris kobach is very conservative but so everyone else in this field there is no moderate really is there
1: yeah and i think that's the primary politics at play right you know you have to you know moderates are going to struggle in a, in a primary now one could conceive a, a situation where if you did have a very conservative field and there was just a moderate that could come in but those people aren't aren't die hard primary voters. And so, you're, yeah, you're going to see the whole field probably play to the base, and especially with Kobach in there, because the the going fear is that he will show up with a block of loyal voters that will make him, you know, maybe right. not a majority, but enough votes to get him out of that primary.
0: And right, and the, and the calculus for most Republicans will be, well, look, if we're all very, very conservative in this race, why not go with Kobach? He's the one we mm-hmm. know, and He's the most conservative and, by the way, friends with the president in some way. Yeah. So I think the idea that we're all, that, well, Chris Kobach will never be the nominee
1: <laughs> is not the case. Right? I mean, name ID is huge. You know, that's millions of dollars. August election. Yeah. yeah. People look at a ballot, and if they're low-information voters, they say, oh, Chris Kobach. I always liked him. He was the build-the-wall guy. Right. And mm. check his name. You know, that's the that's the fear amongst The Republicans that I talk to, these sort of, you know, the quote-unquote Republican insiders who are terrified of Kobach's nomination. And why are they terrified? They look back at 2018. They see that once he was the nominee, Democrats, again, had a a fighting chance to win that seat that should have been a more Republican-friendly territory. And
0: particularly, he struggled in Johnson County. Which is where the Democrats are making all the inroads against the Republicans across the country. Wealthy, well-educated suburban areas are deserting the Republican Party and turning to the Democrat. I mean, the idea that Sharice Davids, Mm -hmm. who had no prior political experience, you know, lesbian, uh, a woman, Native American, could prevail against a sitting congressman Republican tells you something about what's going on maybe in dis- in places like Johnson County.
1: Yeah. It doesn't help also, I mean, Kobach's campaign, sort of the post-mortem on his gubernatorial campaign it was that it was just chaos, that he's just not a guy that runs a well-oiled uh, campaign. And if it becomes competitive, you got to believe that the Democrats are going to go all in, if nothing else, to make the Republicans compete here too, right, because right. they're going to have seats Spend in other states. Right. So, yeah, so there is a terror amongst a lot of Republicans that, and you had some that say it explicitly. Like, this has been a strange time for me, kind of parachuting into this race, because while there's always sniping in a primary amongst candidates, there's always people who, I've never seen the level of just, open disdain amongst a lot of the Republican chattering class for a candidate who's not just some sort of fringe, like perennial candidate. He's the former Secretary of State. statewide winner. Yeah, so it's interesting to see, and I don't know how that resolves itself if he is the nominee, because how do you walk back some of that stuff? Yeah, man, you don't get any sense, do you, Lee,
0: (laughs) that Chris Kobach learned anything in 2018? He was over in Roland Park the other day, Sanctuary City, and waving the you know, the bloody shirt. I mean, he, he is who he is, right? I mean,
2: at this point, if he did, for some reason, switch up the way that he was campaigning, it would look a little suspect. Right. So it would probably end up hurting him right. worse.
0: But he's not raising money. I mean, that was another problem in the governor's race. He thought his own, I, I guess, his force of personality mm-hmm. would be worth some money. Um, uh, disorganized, as Jason suggests, and not really willing to take advice from anyone. I mean, in some ways, Jason, Chris Kobach's whole career has been pushing against whatever we think the Republican establishment is in yeah. in Kansas,
1: yeah, and it's if that's his brand. It's a pretty powerful brand. I mean, that's how look at twenty sixteen and the anti-establishment anti you know government. Uh, vote came out strong in Missouri and Kansas. Yeah,
0: let's handicap the rest of the field. You've got Roger Marshall. Mm -hmm. Typically, this seat goes, you know, Pat Roberts was the first district congressman for a jillion years. Uh, He's got $2 million in the bank. He beat an incumbent in a primary, so Mm -hmm. he's got some political skills at some point. Isn't he the favorite?
1: One would think. And and I think, you know, when you talk to folks who are really watching this race closely, what they'll say is, look, when the fundraising comes to fruition, when you start seeing like what this campaign's gonna look like, there's gonna have to be some hard conversations it can't remain a wide open field that some people are going to have to be talked off the ledge in order to prevent, you know, as they see it, the disaster of a Kobach right. nomination. Because so. the whole
0: point for Kobach is the more people in the field, the better, Yeah. because then you win with 20 percent instead of 30, which is kind of what happened in the Republican gubernatorial primary in 2018 when Jeff Collier almost got him at the end. But the, the field was wide enough with, by the way, some moderate folks that were in it to peel off enough votes from 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 uh, Collier for Kobach to get the nomination and a
2: teenager,
0: yeah, <laughs> more than one who actually got some votes, as I recall. In fact, several of them got votes. Um, so, okay, that's Roger Marshall. What about Susan Wagle? I mean, I isn't she? Isn't the idea here that uh, women candidates are being recruited like crazy by both parties, and that she might have some leg up because uh, she's a woman?
2: I mean, nationally, that's been a that's been a story. And I don't see why it wouldn't be in Kansas' case. And considering the fact that we do have Laura Kelly and we have this endorsement from Sibelius, I mean, yeah, sure, why not?
0: Yeah, yeah. So she, and Senate president, mm-hmm. a Wichita base. Can raise a little bit of money. Can't she be the credible, not Marshall, not Kobach in this race?
1: Yeah, and she has the advantage of, in an, and this is going to sound worse than I intended, but using her office to kind of boost her candidacy. Meaning, she can raise her profile during the legislative session in a way that, you know, a candidate that doesn't have a platform really can't. Um, and as far as like recruiting a woman to run in these races, just look at, you know, the the line of candidates. Uh, coming together to run against streets David's—it's all yeah, that profile—the uh, right. the conservative woman from the suburbs. You know, Republicans are not blind to the trend that you know has been taking Doesn't place. does that
0: so. does that primary in in the third district, in your view, Jason, alter the math in the governor's race primary? It you might. mean the Senate race, or The Senate race. I'm yeah. sorry, the Senate race with uh, with uh, Sue Wagle. I mean, you might get a better, bigger Republican woman turnout, for example, in Johnson yeah, County. Yeah.
1: With and it could candidates. skew what type of voters coming out, you yeah. know, depending on how that race plays out. You know, if it is a more moderate Johnson County Republican primary turnout, right. It could skew which candidate is going. To, those people will drift to. So. All
0: right, let's take a break. When I come, when we come back, I want to talk about Mike Pompeo as the wild card and <laughs> all this. Here on Deep Background.
2: Hey there, it's Leah. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at the Kansas City Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to KansasCity.com background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a Deep Background listener. Subscribing at that URL will get you three months of unlimited digital access for $1.99 total. You get access to KansasCity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, mobile apps, and more for three whole months, and it only costs you $1.99. It's a pretty sweet deal. Plus, you'll be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So grab your computer or mobile device and go to KansasCity.com slash background. And hey, thanks for listening.
0: Now, Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board, Leah Becerra with the Star, and Jason Hancock, political reporter for the newspaper, joining us on deep background. Thanks, guys. Well, let's talk about Mike Pompeo. I mean, he he's in Kansas uh, uh, tomorrow as we as we tape this uh, podcast, um, and uh, I, I've never seen anything like it, Jason. Where. He says repeatedly, I'm not going to run, and everybody goes, okay, great, and then a week later, but maybe he might still run. And his visit to Wichita changes nothing about that right. calculation, right? People have just, oh, wow, he must be running now. He's coming back to Kansas. What's your gut about his approach to
1: this race? I mean, I think he wants to be wooed. I think there's a part, an element of that. Um I, I honestly have no idea where his heart is, if he wants to come back and run in this race or if he's dedicated to staying with the Trump administration. I mean, there's an option that's out there that this will, decision will be taken away from him yes, <laughs> with yes. the cascading scandals that seem to be enveloping the Trump administration. And but, the State but, Department, let's be yeah, fair. And, and he is right in the middle of it. And yeah. so, yeah, I think his visits to Kansas, you know, if if there wasn't an open Senate seat you know, they would just. I, I don't think anybody would be surprised that he would be trying to direct right, attention right. to Kansas. But it's just going to stoke that speculation every time he comes anywhere near a stage in Kansas. People are going to say, "Well, clearly he's here yeah. to." to it, get this everybody, Leo says that. Hey, if he came back,
0: boy, that would change everything. People would drop out. I don't think that's right. Do you?
2: Yeah. His he has so much association with Trump at this point that whatever ends up happening with Trump will impact him. Right, So it just kind of, it...
0: Right, I mean, he's gonna be in every headline and every story that you write about it. Even
2: in our story that we had posted about the fact that he was coming to Wichita, everybody was putting down Trump's name with his name, and there was a lot of negative comments, and yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think the brand is tarnished. Now, maybe not for the primary, Jason, what's your view? I mean, you know, I think we all look at it sort of objectively and he, the the assumption was, boy, if
1: he runs, he's in and no, but that assumption seems a little bit hasty now. It does seem like it's, Things are changing so quickly, and the scandal is evolving so quickly that I don't know that we have any idea what it's going to look like in two months or six months or a year. Right,
0: I'm I'm sure you saw or maybe heard about, and Leah, you may have heard about this too, about the interview he did with the Nashville Reporter, Mm -hmm. in which he seemed a bit flummoxed by someone who worked for a television station there. And then he was on uh, one of the Sunday shows last Sunday and and did not acquit himself well Mm -hmm. when he was pressed a little bit. I mean, I do think... You know, the other thing for for Pompeo that he'd have to think about is, as Secretary of State, there's a certain amount of hero worship that goes on. If he quits and comes back and runs for the Senate, he's getting pestered by reporters, he's mm-hmm. getting, you know, argued with by constituents. Running for the Senate is a different thing than being yeah. the Secretary of State.
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, the only caveat to that is the who in the primary field is going to be the person, because to criticize him as tenure secretary of state will be to criticize the president. And if the primary is about cozying up to Trump voters and the the MAGA crowd, like Chris Kobach can't justifiably attack Donald Trump. That's not his brand. That's that's his base. Yeah. So but, it but might insulate him a yeah, little bit. But
0: but what he can do is is is. Attack Mike Pompeo as not being sufficiently loyal to, and that Donald might be Trump, the only one, or yeah. not serving Donald Trump well, or this is an example of the swamp, or I mean, the, you know, he quit on the president, he, he when, he on him, the president so. when he needed him. He quit on the president when he needed I mean, there's the, the whole, yeah. and you would, you could see, couldn't you, uh, Leah, uh, Chris Kobach? I mean, it's not like Chris Kobach says, well, maybe I ought to hold back a little bit when I campaign and not really go for what a perceived weakness of my opponent
2: is. Absolutely not, because I think it's pretty obvious that if they were both in this race, they would be each other's number one competition.
0: Right, you would think that. And then, of course, Roger Marshall on the outside. I mean, the, di- the I, it goes without saying the dynamic would change overwhelmingly yeah. if Mike Pompeo decides yeah. to get in the And what the does race. Trump do at that stage?
1: Does he endorse?
0: Right, because he's already endorsed Kobach, has he? I don't know. He, no, endorsed, he endorsed Kobach,
1: Kobach in, the in the governor's race. race yeah. um, he's endorsed in Missouri yes. in the governor's race, but that was a no-brainer. Already, right. Would he endorse his Secretary of State? And if he didn't, I mean, wouldn't that be a question people would be asking? Right. Are you going to endorse?
0: Right, and of course, Roger Marshall would give nothing away in his fealty to President Trump. And, you know, i I discuss this as an editorial today but the Republican Study Committee which is the conservative f- folks in the US House just put out a new health care proposal. Roger Marshall is the chairman of that committee so mm-hmm. and it's very much sort of get rid of Obamacare and Medicare for all the socialists and all so it's not like Roger Marshall is going to back away and say no nah, I'm not really a Trump guy mm-hmm. uh, and Sue Wagle for whatever reason will is all about socialism so you know it is a stampede to the right in a way and and mike pompeo would be one assumes part of that
1: yeah and if you look back i mean this is circling back to the idea of what does a woman cannot have advantage I think back to last year in Missouri. There was a crowded field running for auditor, which is obviously a much lower profile race. Right, right. statewide though, but a statewide race, and the the person who emerged from the GOP primary was like just this out of nowhere first time candidate. Yeah, and she turned into a total disaster. No, one wasn't able to raise money. Now, obviously, Susan Wagle is not in that category. Right, right. But it was three males and a female. It was. It was, and that was how most people ended up thinking. That's how it broke down. Was that the the woman came. Candidate when people were just low information voters, there were people who just said, Oh, vote for the the woman. woman And so, yeah. So, who knows? Like, why would she? I guess the point being, why would someone like Susan Michael drop out in a dynamic, even if Pompeo jumped in, unless there was just significant pressure to, like, we have to get out of the way? Yeah. Well, I want to wrap
0: this up by a a reference to my own column, which suggested. (laughs) I'm quoting myself here. Yes, I'm quoting myself here. that uh, that it is in Barboyer's interest to see Chris Kobach get the nomination, because she, she assumes he's the most beatable candidate, most Democrats do, and that Claire McCaskill set the template for this with Todd Aiken back in 2012, where she literally helped his campaign in ways that I often thought were probably illegal or close to violating the law. But she has made no, McCaskill, no secret of her idea that, hey, I wanted to pick the weakest possible alternative. Was that a one-off, Jason, or is that something Barb and the Democrats might try to do? Well, I mean, if you recall- I I wrote that kind of tongue in cheek because it's a very (laughs) difficult thing to pull off. Sure. And Claire, I, I frankly think she overestimates her role in that campaign, but
1: well she tried to do it again last year to less success. And now granted it wasn't a it wasn't as much of a competitive primary right. as it was back in twenty twelve. But you know, she was her camp was constantly putting out press releases talking about this the the other candidates, the the fringier candidates. Oh, they're criticizing Josh Hawley, his conservative bona fides are on <laughs> and, and so it's like yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, he yeah. easily won the primary, but they—you could tell that, like, they, if they could have somehow pumped up another candidate, they would have. Right. So yeah, it's definitely a strategy. I think in this particular instance, I don't know how much Democrats have to do. There's already a built-in fear. That's the point, of right? And, yeah. the, and and just a little nudge, a little bit of.
0: You know, Claire's classic, too conservative for Kansas, you know, and boom, here comes Todd Aiken out of nowhere. And Todd Aiken and Chris Kobach share some rhetorical uh, approaches, Lee. I mean, they just do. I mean, Todd Aiken used to say pretty outrageous things. I think. Todd Aiken was much more mild-mannered about it. You always get the sense that Kobach is much more combative than Aiken. Aiken was just sort of, yeah, let's get rid of school lunches. Who wants those (laughs) other than everybody, you know? So, So there are some parallels there, right or not right?
2: I mean, okay, I have to say that I was I was in college when that right, election right. was happening, so I might not have been paying as close about, of attention yeah, but as you, when, you were. when
0: legitimate rape happened, everybody mm-hmm. in, the, in the nation knew about it.
2: Exactly. So when it comes to the voters who aren't paying very, very close attention, those statements that really stand out that really kind of get your blood pumping. Those are the things that people will kind of remember. And I think at the end of the day, Kobach has a lot more of those types of statements and phrases and events that he just stands out so much more in your mind than Todd Aiken maybe ever did.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And remember, Aiken in that primary was facing John Bruner, who turned out to be a pretty flawed candidate, Mm -hmm. no experience. And Sarah Steelman, who had a little bit of experience, but right. but uh, you know Aiken was a member of Congress and he had a lot of support in his district, right. so it's not an exact parallel.
1: And I don't think people, when Aiken made his comments, there was just a mad dash away from him by the national party and even Missouri, like you know, the yes, Missouri all Republican five senators leadership. tried so, to get him off the ballot. But yeah.
0: you could see a mad dash away from Chris Kobach too, couldn't you? Yeah. If he's the nominee. Think-
1: if he's the nominee, the question will be, not whether there'll be a mad dash away from him, but whether people will just be like, well, okay. And it's and like they never invest in him to begin with. Yeah, if the yeah. national Republicans just say, well, we write off Kansas, let's go put money in North Carolina or Yeah, yeah you know, you, you're
0: right, we, we were writing, Steve Kraske and I were writing that story like crazy with Todd Akin. And, and I think because it was so crazy, right after the statement, the attempt to get him out that the unusualness of all five Republican senators, past and present from Missouri, signed a letter trying to get Aiken out of the race. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I think we all wrote that as well. This happens every day. That was <laughs> that's like Jerry Moran saying, "No, Chris Kobach, you should get out," right. which would be just, you know, a column headline. So, so you know, it's not a complete comparison. But if there's a if there's a, uh, a ticking uh, hand grenade in the Senate race, it would be, one assumes, Chris Kobach is the Republican right. nominee. I mean, Maybe the analogy,
1: just, better analogy, is uh, Roy Moore in uh, Alabama. Yes. Like, that's a seat that Republicans had no, like, there Andrew. should be no reason that that should be a Democratic seat, but a flawed candidate, and now it puts it up to grabs and... There you go. And the Democrats had a guy waiting in the wings who at least had the profile that wouldn't freak out Republicans. And that's how they got that seat. Last question. Do you
0: think that that Mike Pompeo will wait until—you know, the deadline for filing isn't until next June, Mm -hmm. I think, in Kansas. So the idea that he's in or out now is probably— I mean he he can wait and see whether Kobach's stock rises or falls <laughs> or what his own situation is right before he makes that decision
1: yeah no i think he's got he's because the only i think you hear some time. people now Leah saying
0: yeah. uh well pompeo he's got to get in now people are raising money and blah 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 and there's some truth to that but not in this case it's so unusual if he came in in march and said, you know what, this thing isn't working out and I've got to save Kansas. He would well, we've said.
2: already kind of gone over the fact that most people aren't really paying attention Correct. yet. Correct. So, no, he doesn't need to get right. in right now. And right. the
1: money will be there for him if he jumps in. Right. The money will show up. And, and
0: frankly, the money, if he's the nominee, will come in nationally after the primary, yeah. too, because people will want to make sure this state is is safely Republican, in part because you can see maps now where people are going, hey, Maybe the Senate would turn Democratic if there's some changes yeah. if in you lose, 2020. Start,
1: if you start talking about losing Kansas, Yeah, you're then, in big trouble. Yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> big trouble. All right,
0: Jason Hancock, you're so uh, good to drop by and chat with us about Kansas politics. We'll have to talk about Missouri next time. you're Sure chance, thing. See what's going on in there. By the way, I'm just gonna ask you this quickly. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Mike Parson raising money here last night um, I don't Cause know. Cuz he like came that. to Kansas City all day and then I think he had a Kansas City appearance this morning.
2: He did the Rieger slide. I saw yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah, that was the yeah, yeah. deal. I
1: wouldn't so. be surprised at all. He's done a couple fundraisers in the Kansas City. Just area, quiet, so.
0: quiet little fundraising things cuz yeah. he was I think overnighted yeah. and I that's typically the signal that yeah, something else is <laughs> if going the, on.
1: <laughs> and if you see the video, you'll you'll never see a human have more joy than him coming down that slide. Yeah.
2: So. I've gone down that slide. It is a lot of fun. And, and let's remind everybody that that you you drink liquor there,
0: so yeah. So is, uh, I don't know if the governor did it. I don't. He's, he he's he done didn't it. drink, I don't. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, if you went on the tour, it's included. You is get the some whiskey tasters. any good? I haven't been there yet. It's very good.
0: I'm told the whiskey <laughs> is like really strong. Jay Weaver. Okay, thanks, Leah Becerra, whiskey drinker <laughs> here on the podcast, and Jason Hancock for the star. I'm Dave Helling with the Stars editorial board. You have been on deep background.